0: Well, this morning, uh, I just want to remind you that this podcast avail- is available on your iPhone and on your Android. Just search the Sylvester team and it should pop right up. Uh, the topic this morning is lead with questions. And uh, before Dick gets started, I want to remind everyone that this month um, I get, uh, for October, we are reading Psychology of Selling by Brian Tracy. It can be, uh, it is a longer book. Uh, But I think you'll find it fascinating, and I urge you all to get through it in October. Psychology of Selling by Brian Tracy. Okay, Dick, do you want to tell us how you've been uh, training the agents to lead with questions? Yes, Connie, I do, and part of that came from Psychology of Selling. So uh, that is just a great book on sales. If you're new to sales, it's a tremendous primer to get you started to thinking in terms of Closing the sale and leading through uh, questions, and um, how you present things. If you've been doing it a while, it's a great reminder, and you—I definitely guarantee you—you'll get some ideas out of it. Uh, the purpose in talking today about leading with, with a question is: we have a tendency to tell people we want what we want to tell them, and you know, when we tell them that, um, their job is to push back because they don't want to be sold something, you know. And if we do it um, a little bit differently through leading with a question, we're leading them to the conclusion that they need to make on their own. Now, the question I have for you all, what does all this mean and how do I do this? Well, we're attempting to put the client into a position that their decision is based on their need and not our desire to make a sale. And their need is the most important thing. And it's not so much that they don't want to buy. It's just they don't want to buy the wrong thing. So, um, you know, when you look at a situation, take yourself, for example, if you have enough life insurance, and I would venture to say most of, of us don't fall into that category, but why don't we have enough life insurance? Um Because let's face it, if it was $10 a month, do you think everybody would either buy mortgage protection or an equity protection plan? Of course they would. So, you know, one of the reasons that people don't buy is, one, either they think they can't afford it or they assume they can't. The second reason is they don't understand what life looks like if they die without it. Uh, Three, they think because they have uh, life insurance, whether at work or through personal coverage, that they're covered and they really don't understand the need for any more. And that's why the podcast I did on insurance on your job a few, probably a year or so ago now, is so important. Uh, The fourth reason is they just don't want another payment, guys. So let's look at the first reason. They think they can't afford it. Well, could their priorities be somewhat misplaced? And I don't ask that to be a a rhetorical question because we know in reality it is for everybody. Who do you know who doesn't need life insurance? Everybody needs some. So how do we handle that, though? Yes, their priorities are in the wrong place, but how do we handle that? Well, let's look at a couple of things we do know about every client. You know, when they got their mortgage, somewhere between 1% and 3% of their mortgage amount was available to spend as they saw fit. And we know that because the the lenders would not give them a loan because of the debt-to-loan ratio that has to be there. So for an example, on a $100,000 mortgage, they have somewhere between $1,000 and $3,000 available every year that they can spend for whatever they want. On a $150,000 mortgage, that's $1,500 to $4,500 a year, On a $300,000 mortgage, it's from $3,000 to $9,000 a year that they can spend on whatever they see fit, a new car, chem lawn, an improvement to the house, a deck that they didn't have included on the mortgage, but they have that money available, so we know that. What else do we know? Well, we also know that they have an expensive cell phone. Now, we're not going to do anything about that, guys. We know they have it it's deemed necessary, so don't even go down that road. But that's money out of that 1% to 3% that is being used, and in most situations because it's necessary. The second thing we know is a majority of the people have a cable bill that's going to run somewhere around $100 a month. Now, stop and think about it for a minute. That's probably their primary form of entertainment. We're not going to change that. So that's part of where that money has gone that you can't touch. Just We understand that. On the other side of that note, if the breadwinner dies without life insurance, looking back a few weeks after their death on the first two things we listed that are deemed necessary, how important were those items for the future of that family? And I'm just saying, we're not going to do a thing about it, but just – So we start understanding how important life insurance it is. We just have to get this kind of in our mind. Now, our job is to find some money that's being spent on something that we can free up or make available. Okay? Now, how do we go about doing that? Well, the first step is to establish some common ground to expose the need for life insurance. Now, first, we can start off by telling you you need life insurance. You know, he dies. He doesn't come home because of a car wreck, heart attack. What are you going to do? We can tell them they need life insurance. But how's that been working for us so far? In most cases, the more we tell them, the fewer sales we make. Or we could approach it this way. You can agree. We know that money is tight. But if money is tight now with two paychecks, John, how much worse is it going to be without one of those paychecks? See, that's a a question we ask that gets them thinking because they're not thinking that way. They're thinking in terms of I'm not going to die. Life is going to go on. You know, how many times do we hear every week of somebody having cancer that uh, we heard a story this morning. One of our agents had been working with a client uh, on the virtual team, and she kept putting it off, putting it off, didn't feel well, and the agent says, you know, you really need to get some life insurance here before you go to the doctor. Well, she didn't. And the very first person the woman called after she got out of the doctor's appointment was was Heather Hudak. It was to tell her she was diagnosed with stage 4 throat cancer. If she had bought the insurance two or three months ago when Heather started working for her, she would be covered now. And if it had been a term plan that would have um, been for mortgage protection, they would have sent that woman a check for living benefits for her to live on while she's battling this cancer in the last months of her life. You know, so, I mean, it just blew my mind that the woman thought to call Heather right away. But those are those are some of the things that we, we deal with. So we agree if money is tight with two paychecks, how bad is it going to be with one? So the first question is, is, John, could – now, Listen to the question because this question is important. I hear this all the time with a brand-new agent. Well, could Mary make the house payment? That's the wrong question because, yes, she's she's got a job. She can make the house payment. The right question is this. Well, John, could Mary st- uh, stay in the house and make the mortgage payment and continue to pay all the other bills? See, the other bills are the ones that trip him up. And it's not that you're trying to trip him up. You're trying to point out the reality what life looks like without his paycheck for the family. His answer, in most cases, is going to be no. Well, without the second part of that question, guys, you're getting the wrong answer. So the questions need to be thought through and and completed. Second question is, if she lost the house, where would she have to go to live? Well, she'd have to go live with her sister. Well, how do you feel about that? I feel okay. She's got a roof over her head. You know, a lot of guys are that way. I'm fine. That's a good question, and there's not much more you can add to it, but you're going to follow it up with another one. Well, you know in reality, when when Mary moves, you know, they lost their father due to cancer, stroke, or heart attack, or a car wreck. Now they're going to lose their mother because she has to work two or three jobs. Many times when they move to a new school, you know, they lose all their friends. Depression is usually a result of all that turmoil, turmoil. And if we could, if we could change the outcome of this saga for two to three dollars a day, would it make sense to write, rewrite this story? You didn't ask him to buy anything. You're asking, yeah, that that's not a good story. I don't like the. But if we could rewrite that story for two to three dollars a day, would that make sense? Now, see, what happened through this process is these questions led the client to the decision to protect the family. It wasn't that we told them, we just asked them enough questions to the point that they, oh my gosh, they don't think about the fact that mom's gonna have to get two or three jobs. They don't think about the fact that the kids are gonna have to change school and what that might mean. It's just not something on their radar screen. they got enough other problems today to think about. So you follow up with, I need a little information to see what you qualify for. Now, do you see how these questions led John to make the decision that his family is worth the sacrifice? See, you through these questions have allowed John to understand what life looks like if he dies without coverage. That whole process we just went through there addressed question number one, question number two because it still addresses the reason and it addresses number four, they don't want another payment. but now that they see the value of that two to three dollars a day, that is more valuable than the new car they'd been thinking about getting, the new shotgun, or host of other things that were on their list to buy. So the whole process leads them to the conclusion that this two or three dollars a day is now worth more to them than what some of the other products they were gonna get. So that's the purpose of the questions. Now, if you, I wanna provide you with a specific real life example of how asking questions can work. Heather Hudak this morning on the call, on the Zoom call, uh, on their training session, she used the gift that keeps on giving as a concept to make a sale. Now, here it is. Remember, it's October. We haven't even had Halloween yet. And she mentions Christmas in her presentation as a reason to buy a life insurance. She had a 22-year-old that was pushing her back, putting her off, and she brought up the idea of the gift that keeps on giving in that concept. Now, You know, the reason I'm bringing this up today because it's an easy way to build the story. I couldn't believe it. I already had thought in terms of the title of this meeting today prior to this, and then Heather shared this this morning and tied right into what we were talking about. Now, in a few weeks, you're going to start hearing Christmas is coming, and I need all the money I have for Christmas gifts probably going to hear it now because they're even saying that the shortage of things this year for Christmas is going to start earlier, so you need to start shopping now. Um, So you may start hearing some of these sort of things. Well, if somebody said, I need all this money for Christmas gifts, and this is a real question for everybody on the call to say, how would you handle that? I mean, realistically, how would you handle that situation? Would you start by telling them that if you die, blah, 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 they don't care. They want Christmas gifts. So we have to approach it a little differently. Or would you maybe start off with a question? Obviously, after what we've talked about this morning, you're going to say, well, Dick, I'd start off with a question. Well, I have a question for you. I have a couple questions. The first one is, what are you trying to accomplish through your question? And two, what would your first question be? Think about that for a minute. What would your first question be if somebody told you today, well, we're starting to buy Christmas gifts now because there's going to be a shortage? How do you follow that up with a question that really has some teeth to it that's going to change their life? That's what this is all about, guys, changing their life. Well, if it were me, my question would go something like this. Well, I know Christmas gifts are important, but let me ask you, this question. What did you get for Christmas last year? Well, I got a shotgun. Well, what'd you get the year before that? First off, they're probably not going to remember what they got last Christmas unless it was a major thing like a shotgun or washer dryer or whatever. But the year before that, how many on the call today remember what you got for Christmas last year? And more importantly, how many of you remember what you got the year before? I would venture to th- it's going to be pretty close to zero. See, you know, I would follow up with, we deal with clients every day who who will relate how life was after the death of a breadwinner. We have a very close friend at the other company we were at that his father tripped, you know, how sidewalks be wampus, one side sticks up and you can get your toe on it. But his father caught his toe Fell, hit his head on some concrete and died in the middle of that fall and uh, had no life insurance. So, this particular agent called me. He said, We don't think dad had any life insurance. How would we, because he was a new agent, he said, How could we go back and find out whether he had something? I said, Go back through his checkbook for the last two or three years. And anything in there that you don't know what it's for that looks like it might be an insurance company. But anything you don't know what it's for, research can and find out what he wrote that check for. And lo and behold, he had an annual payment on an accident plan that was for $150,000. And they also found out he had burial plan for ten or 15000 So the burial plan popped up pretty quickly, so they knew that, and they let his mother know that the funeral was going to be paid for. But they actually had on a FaceTime video, her on FaceTime with them, when they called to let her know that he had a $150,000 accident plan that was going to pay and she was not going to have to sell the house and move in with one of the kids. Guys, there wasn't a dry eye in the house when they shared that video. So that's how you kind of go back and find out if somebody had something like that. But this is a classic example of, you know, what life looks like without the breadwinner. And, you know, and, and every... If you've been doing this very long you have run across somebody whose parent died and did have life insurance, and you've also run across – in fact, that guy's best friend, uh, when his dad died, they didn't have life insurance. And um, they lost – both of the kids had to drop out of college. One of the kids got in with the wrong crowd. They lost – it was just a mess. Now, when when somebody – when a breadwinner dies, there's two outcomes to that story – some people are sad, but they go on, you know, with joy because they're sad they lost a loved one, but life is going to continue. They can stay in the house. They can make the payments. They can grieve. They can they can start building from there. Others, on the other hand, you know, if they die, it's a whole different story because there's bitterness there. You know, and you're hear this all the time. You know, dad died, had no life insurance. We lost her home. We moved to a different school. My sister got in with the wrong crowd. I had to drop out of school. Mom got three jobs just to put food on the table and, and buy for us. In that situation there, um, there's bitterness involved. So my point in me telling the client this and telling you this this morning is this. My point in telling the clients is these stories, they're going to be retold for years and years and years to come. The story will be told sadness with joy, but the second story is going to be told with bitterness. And, John, I just have a question for you today. You know, how do you want to be remembered? God forbid something happens with sadness and joy or with bitterness. You know, for 2 or $3 a day, we can finish this story, sadness and joy, or... We cannot put the 2 or $3 a day, and we can fit finish it with bitterness. Which of these plans do you – how do you want to be remembered? And, guys, the best part of this is you didn't ask them to buy anything, but you established the price at 2 to $3 a day. Did you have some idea before you call them, based on their age and the mortgage amount, as to whether or not you can find something for 2 or $3 a day? And even if you're doing a final expense for it, uh, equity protection plan at least the family's gonna get the equity in the home again that's gonna be a sadness but joy because you've got to keep the equity this is not something that you can just hear and move on this is something that has to practiced you know stop and think put yourself in the position of either the one in the bitterness or the sadness and joy you want to be remembered but as you go through this go back through and listen to this a second third time and focus on the questions because the questions, learning how to do it. Podcast 80, guys, you know, three questions. You die, who gets the house? Are they going to sell it? Are they going to be like most kids sell it? Yes. Does it make sense to buy life insurance to pay the house off just so the kids can sell it? Guys, I have rehearsed and practiced those questions in my head, loud, over the phone, on the calls. I've done that. This is the same way. Practicing these questions is going to make all the difference in the world on how you execute, because you can ask the question and you sound like you're in versus asking the question with an understanding heart. I mean, John, one of these two stories is going to be told someday. Which one do you want told? And that's why it's important to practice.